When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Burden of Command podcast. I've got a great guest lined up for you today, uh, Miss Rita Burgett Martell. Uh, she's author of two books, Change Ready, How to Turn Change Resistance into Change Readiness, and Defining Moments, Seizing the Power of Second Chances to Create the Life You Want. Uh, Ms. Burgett Martell has a lot of experience as a organizational change consultant for Fortune 500 clients and uh, as a personal consultant. Uh, her clients have included Cisco Systems, Chevron, Gap, Genentech, and AstraZeneca, just to name a few. Not only has she worked in the U.S., but she's pretty much worked globally across Europe, Australia, and uh, Asia and the Middle East. And uh, she has her own consulting uh, firm, Strategic Transformations, that she founded in 2001 after being a Senior Managing Director of Organizational Change Practice at KPMG Consulting and Oracle Corporation in San Francisco. Uh, she hails uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, one of my favorite places. Uh, Rita, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well, uh, so... Let me go ahead and just start out with the first question I ask all of my guests. Uh, what does the term burden of command mean to you? It's interesting because when I first heard that term, I had an immediate reaction to, I don't like it, um, because I, I see leadership more as a privilege. But then I thought, okay, I shouldn't jump to that conclusion. So did some Googling and found out it's very interesting, the book and the whole thinking along those lines. So changed my um, changed my thinking when I saw what it really meant about the different characteristics and extra level of, I guess I would say, professionalism that's required of, of leaders. Okay. Well, and, and, and so in your response there, it's interesting, the, the word change uh, it came up again, and uh, it seems like you've kind of really built your your career and, and uh, your life around change, right? I really have. I started down that path by making pretty significant changes in my own life that really opened up a whole new world for me and really motivated me to help other people, um, women in particular at that point in time to um, realize that you can have a good life, but that doesn't stop you from making it an even better life. And none of us have to really settle. We have the ability to learn and grow. If We have the faith to take a risk and open up doors and see what's on the other side, then it can really be amazing. So 
it was through my personal experience. I started working with individuals and that turned into working with individuals in corporations. And it just kind of took off from there. And I learned that there were all kinds of ways that change consulting could benefit organizations and individuals. So yeah, it's been 30 years of being able to do that kind of work all over the world with all types of industries and professions. So it's been quite exciting. Well, I, I bet, you know, and, and I, uh, I, I, come across, I come across this quote quite frequently, and it's, it always remains unattributed. And, uh, but it, it says, change is changing faster than change has ever changed before. Uh, and that's, that's so true, right? Uh-huh. It's very true. It's changing. Uh, change is changing in our lives faster than ever before. It's gone are the days when we could choose a career and work in that profession from the time we got out of school until the point when we retire. I mean, company or for the same company, because companies aren't sticking around. There are all kinds of mergers and acquisitions and going out of business and new and starting up and the same with professions. So yeah, you have to be willing to learn new skills and take what I guess we would used to view as a, a risk um, in making changes. But in today's world, it's you're taking a risk if you don't be open to those changes. So yeah, you're exactly right. Well, yeah, no, and I like what you said there. It's like it, you, you really don't have, uh, you know, the, the old saying, not making a choice is a choice, and, and not changing is is changing as well, you know, because everybody else is, is adapting, and if you're not, uh, you, you're being left behind. As uh, one of our guests before, Dov Barron, likes to say, uh, if you're not changing, you're a dinosaur. Uh, yes, yes, it's true, and... Um, I don't know. I guess the current generation doesn't have as much of a problem with that. I don't think they had the same kind of experience growing up as we may have had, where our parents were pretty stable and maybe we lived in the same zip code <laughs> our entire life. And maybe even after we got married, we still lived in the same zip code. So we were more resistant to change. Um, but yeah, it's and it's the fear, it's the uncertainty. We want to think that we know what our future is going to be and what the future looks like. And then something unexpected happens and that future is taken away from us and we have to redefine what our future will be. And that can either be from losing a job or ending a relationship or, or having an illness. And all of a sudden, life isn't isn't going to be what we thought it was going to be and whether we're forced to make those changes or we choose to make them, it's still going to happen. Well, you said a key word there, fear. Um, would you say that, that fear is the, the key thing that keeps people from changing? Fear is our biggest obstacle. And it's, um, what I said earlier about we want to know what the future looks like. And when we have, we're in a relationship or we have a job, we think we know what our future is going to be. And then something happens to pull the rug out from under us or 
we don't feel the same sense of satisfaction we once did and we start to feel more misery than mm-hmm. satisfaction and, and we're forced to do something because we're so miserable but yeah when that happens we have we're surrounded by uncertainty we have more unknowns than we have knowns and we don't like to um, have blank spots we like to fill in the blanks with something we don't like not knowing and so it's when we wake up at four in the morning because we're thinking of all the bad things that might happen we're really filling in those blanks that we don't have the answers to with all the bad things that we think might happen so yeah that the fear that comes from uncertainty we imagine the worst instead of visualizing the best and focusing on what we do want and fear we all feel it and it really is a lack of faith and it's it may be faith in our own abilities to survive no matter what or i guess that's really what it boils down to faith in our own abilities whether you're a spiritual person or not and when the rug is pulled out from under us we for a while can blame ourselves and think that it's all our fault and of course that doesn't do anything to boost our self-worth or increase our self-confidence where we do have the faith to move forward so we can stay stuck for a while in that misery and uncertainty and fear and it doesn't feel good at all no i and i loved i loved what you said there because that was one of the things that we uh, at the leadership phalanx one of the the shields uh, that we teach is is all about keeping your team informed. And we say the, uh, it's interesting, we say the same exact thing almost verbatim as what you did is if you don't keep your team informed, you create these these voids of uncertainty. And those voids of uncertainty are where gossip and rumor mills and things like that can breed. And that's counteractive to uh, production. And, and so it's interesting to hear from that perspective, from the change perspective, that that's it sounds like that same thing happens right yes it happens we do it to ourselves um but also in organizations if leaders aren't communicating about the changes that are going to take place and reassuring their employees that they will have the skills they need to continue to have a job hopefully that's the case then the change is not going to be successful and in the, the consulting that i've done with organizations and working with leadership, um, what I have seen over and over is that leaders will make an announcement that something's going to change. Either the department is being restructured or the company's acquiring another company or being acquired by another company or they're implementing new technology or standardizing processes. Um, A leader will make that announcement and then they go hide. (laughs) Mm. So they're no longer visible and they're no longer communicating. So communication is a a very important skill for leaders to have, and especially during times of change. It's critical. And I've seen that be one of the leading causes of organizational change that is not successful. All right. Well, on that note, um, you know, with, with, with that in mind, what one tip would you have right now for for a leader that, that's uh, getting ready to lead a change movement, whether it's in a mom-and-pop shop or a Fortune 500 company? 
What one tip would you give them right now on how to successfully lead change? What people want to know is what does the future look like and does it include me? Mm. So am I going to be part of the future of this organization? Um, Again, we want those blanks filled in. And so employees need to understand what's going to be different. Are we going to be working with new software? Um, Are we going to be working with new people? Um, Is my role going to be changing? You know, what's going to be different? And the second question they want to have answered is, how will that affect me? So what's the impact going to be to me and how I define security? And then the third question they want answered is, how am I going to be prepared? What uh, are you going to, are you going to give me training? You know, how am am I going to learn something new? Um, So how am I going to be prepared to be successful in this new world? And if the leader will be continually providing information, providing updates, then, then their employees will trust them a little more. And if you have that trust, if the leader has that trust, then employees will give them a lot of leeway. And that trust comes from keeping people informed, keeping people involved in the change initiative, if at all possible, and then helping them be prepared. So there really is kind of a recipe to follow for leaders when they are leading change. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it really, you know, is kind of simple. Well, yeah. No, I like that because, I mean, that's pretty much leadership in a nutshell. It's it's uh, it's not easy, but it is simple. Uh, and uh, now to, to this point, we've really kind of been talking about organizational change, but I would imagine as as those questions are coming out, uh, you know, the the why are we changing, how do I fit in, and, and what kind of training will be provided to help me transition, sometimes individuals are going to hear that and think, ah, now's probably the best time for me to make that career change I've been thinking of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and it may be. I mean, it may be that this company um, is – no longer the company that you want to work for. Um, change changes everything. There is a ripple effect from any change that happens. And if a company is expanding, if you, if you went to work for a startup and the company's grown and now they're becoming a much larger company with standardized processes and, um, systems and, you no longer have the leeway that you once did. Um, you may be very entrepreneurial if you went to work for a startup and you don't want to be stifled. You may see it as being stifled working for a larger, larger company. So the company may be evolving into a company that's not going to play to your strengths anymore. Um, it may be, um, that it's being acquired by another company who doesn't share the values that you share and your company shared. So I think change does create an opportunity for us to reevaluate who we are now because we're not the same people that we were 10 years ago, five years ago, and the company's not the same either. So it is a good opportunity to reevaluate and make that decision for ourselves 
And then as leaders, we need to realize that companies may be going through that evaluation. And so if these are the employees that we want to keep as leaders, then we need to have the conversation with those employees and let them know that we really value them and want to keep them. And my daughter works for a company that just went through that process and they have given her a retention bonus to stick around because they value her as a, a senior leader and don't want her to leave. And so it, it kind of works both ways. If, if you want to keep your employees, then let them know that you value them because they, it's important for them to hear that. And it may be a way that you retain them instead of losing. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's great. And, and as you were talking, it reminds me of a conversation I had with uh, a couple episodes ago. We actually were talking about, uh, I guess we were talking about Atari and we were talking about culture. And what you just described was what happened to Atari. Uh, as a startup, they had that very loose culture. Everybody was, uh, uh, you know, they could come to work when they needed to or when they wanted to. They had no set hours. It was a very, what we think of today when we look at like Netflix and, and Google and some of those places, it was very much kind of the predecessor of those. And then they got bought out by a very kind of stuffy, corporate, rigid, uh, bigger business and that's what they tried to install. And, and the Atari startup people, they, they didn't, they couldn't uh, operate in that environment. And so a lot of them left. Uh, and, and so when you get to that individual level and you're trying to come to grips with staying or going, even if they do offer you retention bonuses, what tips do you have for individuals to be able to make that decision? Should I stay or should I go? Well, I think you have to look at what's going on in your life. And it does seem like um, when you make one change, then a lot of things will start happening, uh, that ripple effect of change. And so if you have a lot of change going on in your life, if you've just moved to a new home, you bought a larger home, um, you've gone through a relationship change, you've just had a baby or your, your child has just left for college or you have a lot of changes going on in your life, then you may not want to add another change on top of that. So you have to look at your life and is, it, is your life pretty stable and is this a good time for you to be thinking about making a change? Um, so I think it's always a good idea to be staying on top of what's going on in the marketplace. So mm. what's happening in your industry is your industry growing and expanding. And are there opportunities for you um, to take advantage of? And now is a good time to be looking at your industry or in your profession. Is your profession, is your skill set in demand? And if so, um, maybe it's time to move to a different company. Sometimes we do stay with one company too long and they see us in a certain way and they see us doing this role and they're not really providing us with the opportunities to move to the higher level because we're doing such a good job where we are. <laughs> they want to keep us at that level. And so, you know, looking, looking number one at your life and what's going on in your life, uh, looking number two at what's going on in the marketplace and is, is this a good time to be looking? And then number three, uh, coming up with a strategy for how you are going to do some ex exploring. So updating your LinkedIn profile, it's 
you really have to be on LinkedIn today because an interview or recruiter is going to look at your LinkedIn profile before they ever decide to call you for an interview. So getting yourself ready, getting your resume updated. So um, having that individual readiness to begin looking for a job. So yeah, doing that evaluation on your own and being really honest with yourself. Um, have you settled? You know, have you just kind of gone to sleep on the job? You know, is it time for you to uh, look at growing to the next level? Um, because some of us do just kind of want to chill for a while. Mm. You know, we want to just, okay, just let me be at peace in my life for a while. And maybe you've done that and you're beginning to, uh, to compensate, to make excuses for, well, work really isn't that bad and I'm really not that bored. And, you know, just make excuses when you are beginning to feel the little twinge of, uh, I'm not being challenged. It's time for me to move on. So, again, I think that's an evaluation that's up to us to do. Yeah, well, and, and and as you're going through that, you kind of brushed up against it, against it there, but it was, you know, something you said earlier, and I'm kind of paraphrasing is, you know, change doesn't exist in a vacuum; it ripples out, and you know, kind of as we've we've talked here, we we went from organizational change to personal change, and then when we have personal change, depending on where we are in our personal lives, that can lead to some relationship change. So you you've got to deal with one set of change, you got to deal with a second set of change. And now, how do people deal with the relationship change? You know, how do you get spouses on board with, hey, look, my job's going this way. That's not what I signed up for. I need to do this. How, how can you get the spouse or, or even just a, a, a girlfriend, boyfriend, family in general? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I don't think enough has been written about the impact of change on relationships. When we, and believe me, I've lived that in my own life because I have, <laughs> I have made so many changes and grown so much. And so some of my relationships haven't survived my growth. Um, when we, when we form a relationship with someone, whether it's a personal relationship or a work relationship, we enter into this silent contract that says, you will be this way and I will be this way. We will live in this place. We will behave this way. Um, and therefore, we'll be happy forever and ever and ever. Or this job will last forever and ever and ever. And then something changes. One of us decides that we're ready for a change. We want to move to a different city or a different place. Or uh, one of us is offered a promotion. Or one of us decides we want to go back to school and all of a sudden, that silent contract is no longer valid. And we don't even think about renegotiating that contract. We just begin to wonder why our spouse, our significant other, our boss is becoming so grumpy. You know? <laughs> What's going on here? They're changing. They're not the person that we thought they were. Um, my, my first husband and I were married for 25 years. I met him when I was 16 and a junior in high school. <laughs> he was a senior in high school and we got married when I was 18, when I graduated from high school and had our first daughter when I was 20, second daughter at 25. I started college at 29. 
And I mean, I was no longer that barefoot pregnant housewife frying the chicken and making the biscuits. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> My God, did I ever change? And um, it was really difficult for him. And he hung in there. Um, he hung in there for about another 10 years. And it wasn't until I said, well, I have this consulting contract in California <laughs> that it was like, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't. <laughs> I can't. So um, and it, it wasn't a, a problem that we didn't love each other anymore. It was a challenge in seeing our future because, again, every change you make changes that future. Right. And so we had this shared vision of a future. And all of a sudden I was seeing a different future. And so that just didn't work. And so we each followed a, a different path at that point in our life. So, yeah, change does affect relationships. And it's extreme. it can be extremely difficult. And you have to be able to have those open, honest discussions and really think about if I give this up for the relationship, how much am I going to resent my significant other? Mm. And how much is that going to damage their relationship? So now with my second husband, <laughs> one thing, and we've been married for nine years, and one thing he loves about me, or at least to this point in our life, is that I'm willing to just make a leap and you know, <laughs> make these changes, and he finds that kind of exciting. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well let, let's hope with you know all the all the opportunities you have and and the good you're doing in the world let, let's hope that that he keeps up on that because but, but but what you shared there that was that was a great story and it's one that I really hope all of our listeners but especially the, the female listeners really pay mm-hmm. attention to because you know um, that that is one of the uh, not one of the primary but that is one of the reasons we have such a dearth of, of female executives in, in the C-suite ranks mm-hmm. is because of that decision point in their life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, statistically speaking, men are more likely to make that career choice over relationship choice than women. And, and so how, for, for women, like how do you get them more comfortable to be okay following your path and making a decision for, for you? I don't think that you're ever comfortable. I think either, either way is uncomfortable. And that was um, really, that was why I started the Women's Center in Nashville. I started that in the mid-80s when it was a very radical thing to do. And I started that after I graduated from Belmont because I had gone, I started college as an adult student and I'd had a scholarship my uh, when I graduated from high school. And back then, you couldn't do both. You couldn't be married and have a family and go to college, or it just wasn't done in my family. And no one in my family at that point had graduated from high school. So college was like the impossible dream. And I remember when, uh, and of course, my family advised me to uh, give up the scholarship and marry this guy because he was really a good guy. And I didn't need that education if I had a husband, but it was really important that I kept that husband. So <laughs> I wasn't, and I wasn't in the culture where I was encouraged to um, 
you know, go to college and, and do that. And when I made the decision to go to college 11 years later, my family was not supportive at all. Mm-hmm. And they were continually telling me how I was being selfish and I was going to lose my husband and my children were going to become delinquents. And this was a bad thing for me to do. And even when I graduated summa cum laude from Belmont, they called me smarty pants <laughs> and I was going to be uppity. Then I start the Women's Center and it took off and it was successful. And after I started being on TV and radio talk shows and writing a regular column in the local Nashville newspaper, then all of a sudden they started telling me how proud they were of me and how they always knew I could do this. And they wanted everybody to know that they were related to me because I was becoming known. (laughs) And I thought, okay, I could get really angry, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just, you know, I'm creating the life that is satisfying for me. And I'm just going to bless them and let them be, <laughs> not really listen to them because I, I make my choices. I make my decisions and I live with the results of those choices. So I can bless them and I can move on in my life. So it's not easy for women. We don't have that support. Often what we hear are all the reasons why we're being selfish and why we shouldn't do that. But as women, we have to realize that If we don't do what we feel like is best for us, we're just going to develop a whole lot of anger Mm. and resentment, and it's going to destroy the relationships, and it's going to make us sick. So it's either either choice we make is a difficult choice. But what I've learned, um, not only it's been true for me, but true for other women I've worked with, is that if we will just have the faith that if we weren't meant to do more, we wouldn't have the desire for more and have the faith that this is a step we're supposed to take. This is the direction we're going to go and things will work out. We just have to have that faith and move forward because if we don't, it's just not going to be good. It's not going to be pretty for anybody. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and so listening to your story there, I think that is another great, great piece is you know, it's interesting that, that you shared that, that your marriage ended up ending anyway, which is one of the fears that your friends and family had of happening. But it sounds like, uh, from what you said, for the most part, it ended on a good note, whereas, or I, let me just say a more positive note, whereas if, like you just said, if you hadn't pursued your dream, you would have probably been wondering, what if, what could I have achieved? You would have gotten bitter, maybe angry. And the outcome would have been totally different. Yeah, I would have become very angry. Um, that would have affected my health, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, at least when it did end at our 25th year, I financially could take care of myself. And whereas if I hadn't have gotten an education and started a business and you know, continued to grow and walk through doors that were open for me, it, again, wouldn't have been a pretty picture for anybody. Mm. <laughs> so you have to be able, we all have to be able to take care of ourselves. We okay. really do. Or I think we're going to take advantage of other people and become dependent and become a burden. And that doesn't feel good for anyone. 
Well, no. So uh, that's that's an interesting dynamic there, you know, dealing with individuals and, you know, Fortune 500 C-suite executives. But, you know, is there is there really that much of a difference between how you handle change from the personal level to the executive level? No, executive level, it's um, well, personally, you'll handle it the same way. But if you're uh, leading change in your organization, then you're just doing it on a larger scale. And we have to create a structure to support that larger change. So you're still uh, working with individuals who want to know what their future looks like, um, but you're doing it on a larger scale. So I've worked with companies that have 100,000 plus employees that's being affected by change. And I can't do that myself, but I can develop the organization inside the company where we're uh, cascading training on managing change to every leader as we go down to supervisor and team lead. So, yeah, it's just on a managing organizational change on a larger scale. Right. Okay. No, that's, I mean, and, and that's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of people imagine it being a lot more complicated at that level. And, and so it's, the process is similar. The outcomes are just on a whole different scale. Yeah. People are people no matter where in the world they are or at what level they are. So, yeah, the first book I wrote, Change Ready, really was written to help managers manage change in their organization. And then the second book I wrote, Defining Moments, was to help individuals deal with change in their own life, either choosing to make change because it's time to grow or being forced to make a change because someone's divorcing you or breaking up with you or firing you. <laughs> well, no, and, and I just, you know, the only reason I just wanted to kind of make sure I was understanding that there is because it, uh-huh. it's, it's amazing as we're talking here, like, uh, you, you know, you always – Whenever you hear somebody who, who has the experience, knowledge, and, and, and level of expertise that you do kind of saying some of the same things, and this is this is what we tell folks about leadership. Like, it doesn't matter if you're leading yourself or if you're leading a Fortune 500 company. All of those same things really apply. You need to do the same things to be able to lead effectively. And, and to hear you say basically the same thing about change, it's like, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're on the right track there. So uh, Definitely. Yes. So... Well, Rita, we're coming up on about uh, 35 minutes or so here, and it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I've really enjoyed you opening up and kind of sharing your personal story and, and talking in depth about change. It's, it's something I don't think anybody listening here uh, has an experience in some shape or form in their life. Change is everywhere. It is, definitely. And it's not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's the one thing that doesn't change is that change changes, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm going to stay busy forever. <laughs> well, hey, you know, job security, that, that's great. Yeah, it uh, is. <laughs> so as, as we uh, look to kind of to wrap up and close out here, um, is there anything that you would like to, to discuss or dive into that we haven't touched on yet? No, it's been great talking to you. You've covered lots of bases. Yeah. So, so that's great. And if people want to get in, touch with me. I, I am working with individuals. Um, they can contact me at coachrita365 at gmail.com. I'm just writing this down because I'll make sure I put that in the show notes for everybody so they can get a hold of you. 
And, yeah, and uh, then on Amazon, I have an author site on Amazon. So you just have to um, look up my name or one of my books, and it will take you to my author site. And I have several articles I've written that you can download for free from my author site. Oh, that's outstanding. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll grab the link for that and put it in show notes as well. That way people can just click straight to it because I definitely want them uh, to, to see your stuff. And, and uh, you know, I mean, as we've talked for the last 35 minutes or so, change is everywhere. And the, the better you deal with it, the better your organization is going to be. The more you stick your head in the sand, the, the quicker it's going to weather on the vine. That is so true. So... Well, all right. Well, well, Rita, thank you again very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And thank you for doing that. all that you're doing. And uh, we'll get that contact information up uh, for, for everybody to be able to get a hold of you. So thank you very much again. Uh, thank you. I'm a fan of your podcast. I think what you're doing is great. Uh, well, I definitely appreciate it. And, and for the listeners, uh, again, we'll have the contact information for Rita. As always, if you have any questions for me, it's burden.command at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, if you have a guest suggestion, um, or if you have a story for, for one of my uh, story episodes that you'd like me to kind of share and dive into the leadership aspects of, just burden.command at gmail.com. With that, thank you for listening to us today. And keep those shields up. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. ElectroCast. Electric acid.